So as Dustin said, my name is Sarah Brichetto, and in addition to being Pastor Brick's wife, I am a CPA with about 10 years of accounting experience. For the first five years of my career after I completed graduate school, I worked in public accounting for Ernst & Young, which is an international public accounting firm. I was an auditor. Um, and so I guess I should even pause right there because I realized that I've already started using some accounting lingo and uh, I do want to recognize that we've got people in the room who have varying levels of knowledge about finance and accounting. So I should start by saying, what's an audit? That's what you used to do, right, Sarah? Um, so yes, an audit is a review of the current state of an entity. A financial audit is the review of the financial position of an entity, organization, or individual. Um, so the reason we brought me in tonight is that I think everybody was bringing their financial records and I'm gonna go ahead and do an audit, kind of a test to your financial health. Are we ready? Kidding. I am not actually gonna do an audit for you, but I am gonna give you a couple of tools that I think will be helpful for you guys to be able to do an audit of your own personal finances. Because even though an audit is a tedious process and it, for most people, besides us weird accounting types, is not fun, um, it's necessary because we need to get a picture of where we're at so that we know where we're going to go. So here we are. Know where you are. So the first of the two tools that I'm going to be walking you guys through tonight is a personal balance sheet. And that sounds pretty scary, but it's, it's really not that bad. So a personal balance sheet lists your assets and your liabilities in order to calculate your net worth. So your net worth is a pretty good financial indicator of, of how healthy your finances are. So your assets are basically everything you own, and your liabilities are everything that you owe. You subtract what you owe from what you own to determine your net worth. Um, you're going to notice that the Excel spreadsheets that I sent to Chris are kind of hard to put up on the screen. So squint and look the best you can, but you are going to get these in the materials for the Equip Night. Most of my section is very practical, and I'm going to be walking you through it here, but you're going to get the most use out of it later this week or next week whenever you actually sit down and do these things for yourselves. So anyway, here's our personal balance sheet. So Let's talk about some examples of assets and liabilities, because maybe those terms aren't super familiar to you. So assets, the things you own. That's going to be cash in your checking account or savings account. Maybe you have some investment accounts. You uh, might own a house. You might own a car or two cars. Maybe you own a boat. Maybe you have a retirement account. Those types of things would all be listed in your assets, your liabilities, things that you owe. If you have a house, most likely you have a mortgage. So it's going to be your mortgage, your taxes, your credit card debt, which hopefully you don't have, but maybe you do, um, and your student loan debt. So the spreadsheet, when you guys get it, if you get a chance to pull it open, well, if you just populate the cells, it does the math for you. So I have an example of a completed personal balance sheet, just to kind of give you an example. Um, if this is the first time you have heard this term, thought about this idea, you may get to the net worth calculation and be very surprised. 
Um, the idea is that we want our net worth number to be as large as possible. The bigger the net worth, the more financially healthy, the more financially sound you are. Um, we definitely don't want it to be negative. So you want what you own to be more valuable than what you owe. Now, there are two ways to increase our net worth. You, if you just think about the formula of it being assets minus liabilities, the two ways are to increase your assets or to reduce your liabilities. Well, how, how would we do that? To increase your assets, you would be making wise investments. To reduce your liabilities, you'd be paying down debt. Mike and Steve are going to be talking about these things in the next couple of sessions in more detail, but that's the general picture. Now, how do you do that? How do you make more investments? How do you pay down your debt? Well, that's where the budget comes in, because you're going to need extra cash in order to do those things. So the second tool that we're going to be talking through Oh, huh. Had that written down. It's creating our budget. So in order to create a budget, you've got to pull a little bit of information together. You're not just going to be creating your budget out of thin air. So what you're going to want to do is pull together all your financial records, your financial statements from your checking accounts, credit card accounts, loan accounts. And then you're going to take that. I would also actually recommend um, just downloading that information from your, from your bank's website. It's a lot easier that way. You're not going to have to do everything quite as manually. So you're going to pull all of this from online banking. You're going to take a look at your income and your expenses. And then you're going to categorize your expenses. So you're going to want to go in line by line and say, oh, I had this charge that went to SunTrust Bank. Oh, that was my mortgage payment. You could type in mortgage next to it. Oh, there's a credit. That was my, uh, that was my paycheck. That's paycheck, salary. So you're going to go in and code all of your income and expenses. And that way, you'll be able to start getting an idea of what you're taking in and what you're spending on a monthly basis. Again, if this is the first time you're ever doing it, and I'm getting a few, a few stares that make me think maybe we, some of us have, have not done this before, it can be pretty daunting. But it's well worth the time it takes to get an accurate picture of what you're currently spending in order to create your budget. The idea is that you're going to want to then, you've listed all your income, you've listed all your expenses, you've categorized everything. The idea then is that you want to add up, so subtotal your income, subtotal your expenses. You want your budget to be kind of a net zero with, if there's any difference, your income needs to exceed your expenses. So from a cash basis, you can't be spending more than you're bringing in every month. Your bank will only let you do that for so long. Um, so if, you, if you've reviewed for the past couple of months and it does feel like you are spending more than you're bringing in, you're going to want to, through the budgeting process, make some adjustments to your expenses. Now, once you have gotten an idea of what you're spending, where you're spending, what you're spending it on, we're going to review what I, or I think are the six most common budget components. And those are housing, transportation, other living expenses, giving, savings, and debt payoff. So we'll start with housing. Um, for, for most people, that's their largest single monthly expense. The general recommendation is that your housing, which includes your rent or your mortgage payment, 
your utilities, your property taxes, repairs and maintenance, insurance, every housing related expense, not just your mortgage or mortgage or your rent, the sum of those things should be no more than 35% of your income. Transportation is your car payment if you have one, gas, wear and tear, repairs, um, and that should comprise no more than 15% of your income. Other living expenses can be a little tricky. I think this is where most people get, get caught up. This is where your discretionary spending is. So things like eating out, entertainment, going on trips, but this is also where personal expenses, where if you have kids, kind of your childcare costs, and then your just general uh, monthly personal expenses, grocery shopping, toiletries, that kind of stuff. Um, giving, you know, we're here, we've been talking for the past few weeks about generosity here at Vintage, so we would say 10% of what you bring in needs to go back out in giving. This includes giving to the local church, other charitable causes, or a college or university. That's not your student loan payment, that's like a gift to your university. Um, and then savings, it's also recommended that we're saving 10% of our income. The recommendation there is that you would put those funds in an account that is not just your regular checking account. You wanna put it somewhere that you're not gonna immediately go take it out and spend it. Um, my employer offers a 401k. If your employer does the same, that's an easy way to put money aside without you even really seeing it on a monthly basis. So you're definitely not gonna spend it if you don't see it. And then finally, debt payoff. This is up to 10% of your income. And that includes, this includes paying off your credit card debt, which we don't have, right? Or uh, your student loans. Now, this is different than your mortgage payment or your car payment, because your mortgage payment, like I said before, is included in housing, and your car payment is included in transportation. This debt payoff number is really a, um, a payment on already existing debt. All right, so we are going to look at a sample budget. Chris has done a good job of trying to make this large enough for you guys to be able to see. Um, these are just kind of made up numbers to give people an idea. You can see we've got income. This is a, a two income family. So we've got a couple of jobs. We've got our housing, including our rent, utilities, trash pickup, property taxes, maintenance. Now I will say for, for repairs and maintenance type costs, this is both within your housing and, and your transportation budget. We all know that, that maintenance costs aren't really, aren't really fixed. They're not the same from month to month. They, they come you know, every six months or once a year, you're spending $1,200 to get new tires on your car or your air conditioner breaks and you've got to get it fixed. But it's important to make an estimate because a budget really is an estimate, but it's important to make an estimate of those expenses for the year divide it by 12 to give you a monthly estimate. And you should be setting money aside each month for when those expenses hit so that you actually have funds to pay for that with so that we're not putting it on a credit card. Um, so next up is transportation. This person has a car note, car insurance, uh, auto repairs, maintenance, fuel, and we also included uh, public transportation in case you're here in New Orleans and you like to take the streetcar. Uh, other living expenses, uh, cell phone, toiletries, childcare, clothing, groceries, eating out. And these, um, these percentages are calculating. You'll see when you download the Excel formula, when you go through, when you download the Excel spreadsheet, when you're going through this on your own later this week, that you can, 
once you fill in these cells, it automatically populates this cell, and then automatically will populate this cell, which is just taking the subtotal of each of the six components and dividing it by your total income. Um, so then we've got savings. We're trying to save 10% each month. That includes a retirement account, life insurance, emergency fund, anything that you're doing to put money aside for later. Then we also have debt payoff and giving. So in this sample budget, when we look at, we have total income of $7,333 for the month and total expenses of $6,533 for the month. That gives us a little cushion of $580. So this is just an example. Obviously, everybody's, everybody's budget, income, and expense situation is a little bit different, but this is just one example of, of what it might look like. Okay, so we have now created our budget. Congratulations. The next step, because that's only a little bit helpful, because really what you're trying to do is you're trying to track your expenses against your budget. So the next, the next idea is recording your actual expenses against the budget. Now, this may seem like a bit much, tracking expenses each night. Maybe it's every couple of days, but definitely once a week, you wanna get a feel for how you're spending compared to what you thought you would be spending because you don't wanna to get to the third week of the month, especially in the first month, and have already spent your entire budget. So it's, on, it's important to start tracking early and often. Um, another important note is to be sure that you're tracking spending from all sources. So you can't just pull your Capital One bank account because that's where your cash comes in and your cash goes out. Especially if we are using credit cards, you wanna be sure that you are pulling your credit card transaction detail as well because those are real expenses. I think with credit cards, it's easy to think of the expenses as being out in the future as opposed to right now. But if we're trying to either pay down or not accumulate more credit card debt, you need to be tracking that spending in the present. So this is just a quick example, again, with a spreadsheet, of, of taking our budget and comparing it to our actuals. You would then subtract your budget and your actuals to get a variance, the difference between the two. So we can see here in our example person, our income is what we expected it was. We had spent a little bit less in housing and transportation, but we spent more in living expenses. And that's, that's a pretty common occurrence that you're gonna have. Because a budget is an estimate, your expenses aren't gonna line up from month to month exactly with your spending. So it's important to be aware of that and know, okay, well, I did spend less than I budgeted in transportation this month, so I have, in this case, an extra $160 that I can spend on living expenses. Again, the idea is if you're underspending in one area, it's okay to overspend by the same amount in another, as long as you're not getting to the point where your expenses are larger than your income. I hope this is clear as mud. Um, so once you've done this, so you should, we should be tracking our budget, comparing our budgets to actuals every month for a year. I think after about six months, you're gonna have a pretty good idea of whether your budget is 
in line with what you're actually spending. So what you're gonna wanna do as a next step is evaluate your budget. This should be done every month. I think this should be done every month for the first six months at least, perhaps for the first year. In this process, you're gonna wanna identify and you're gonna easily be able to identify weaknesses in your budget, which are areas that you're spending that maybe you had, hadn't budgeted for or that you had budgeted $3,000 for repairs at your house and it's December 26th and praise the Lord, nothing broke. Um, that way you'll, you'll kind of know as you're going into a, um, another year. As I mentioned before, spending could go up. It'll vary from category or component one to another, but you'll need to make adjustments in another category in order to make up for that increase or decrease in spending. Um, I think it's also important to note here, and I will note again later, that accountability is key in all of this. I know that money is one of those things that we don't like to talk about with other people. Maybe we, did, maybe we don't even like to talk about it with our parents or our spouses, but I think without letting someone else in, it's gonna be easy to stay in those bad habits that we might have created. So particularly if you're married, spouses talk regularly about your finances and what you're spending, especially if you have, Matt and I each have, he has a credit card, I have a credit card. He's always welcome to look at my credit card statement, always welcome to look at his and know what, what we're spending on. So a few other budgeting tips. Um, one, of the, one of the key reasons most people create budgets in wanting to either save money for investing, for saving, or for paying down debt is, is for those reasons. They've got a goal in mind. So when you get into the uh, mundane details of tracking your expenses every month, um, it's important to remember why you're doing it because it will be easy to kind of give up. But if you're trying to get somewhere, then you've gotta know where you're going, you've gotta remember the goal to keep working forward. As I mentioned before, track all expenses. Also remember to be flexible. Uh, budget is an estimate, so there will be a month that you blow your budget in one category. It's important not to just beat yourself up and think you're a terrible person, just do better the next month. I personally, through my review of our own personal finances, we have found that that um, other living expenses category is an easy catch-all and it's where a lot, of, a lot of extra expenses get caught that you don't think about. That's the, I didn't feel like cooking so we got takeout again, or I was tired and I wanted coffee in the afternoon so I went to Starbucks. That's the, oh well, our friends are all going out so I'm gonna go too. And those expenses can add up. So if you're not tracking particularly a category like that that is kind of a catch-all, then it's an easy area to overspend. Uh, there are a couple of apps or websites and tools that I have found that are pretty useful. A lot of the information I had from the budgeting components to some of the steps to creating your budget came from thebalance.com. It's a really reader-friendly, um, non-technical uh, website resource that I think clearly explains uh, how to make a budget, how to track budget, and um, just has some other really neat tips. There's also an app that I would highly recommend that cuts down on some of the um, 
manual nature of what I've walked through with the Excel spreadsheets and such, because everyone may not be quite so keen on, on Microsoft Excel. It's mint.com. They have a website, they have an app. You can go in, you can link all of your financial institution information, your checking account, your savings account, your credit cards, your mortgage, your student loans. You can link all of that together. Mint then helps you create a budget, but the same idea, you have these budget components, you are setting up a um, kind of a baseline for what you think you should be spending in those areas. And then because your bank accounts and your other financial accounts are all linked, it automatically populates. The caveat is, so that seems like kind of idiot proof and very user friendly. The caveat is you do wanna make sure that you're going in regularly and reviewing the coding that Mint is doing because it may not know if you went to Target, did you buy, I don't know, what do you buy at Target, everything, uh, a lamp, or did you buy some shampoo? Because those things would probably be treated kind of differently in your budget. So um, those are two really, really useful resources I have found and I would recommend. Now, we have talked a lot about money and we have, um, and we're gonna continue talking a lot about money, but there is another asset that we have all been gifted with and that is time. We need to know how to steward our time well for the good of others and for the glory of God. And I think that it's something that we, we can easily, time is, is more easily wasted than money. Now, I've got a couple of tools that I wanna walk through. Uh, again, these will be available online for you to download that you can actually utilize later. Um, but it's a similar idea the, as, as looking at a personal balance sheet and, and doing a financial budget. The first thing I have up here is a weekly schedule. And instead of this being, so this is just an example, it's Monday to Sunday, 6 a.m. to 6 a.m., all 24 hours in a day, all seven days a week. Instead of filling this out as you would like to spend your time, look back to last week and, and list out how did you spend your week. That is a better indicator of what you're, act, what you're doing than what you would like to be doing. Once you have filled this out and kind of have an idea of how many hours you spend doing things from sleeping or working or working out or driving or hanging out with your friends or watching Netflix, um, we have this really useful tool that Matt actually created a few years back that is our time budget. So it gives, um, you fill in the hours per week and it calculates the percentages of time that you have spent doing these things. This was eye-opening to me as a working mom because I'm always like, I don't have any time to do anything. But turns out I do. Um, I just don't, I mean, I might not have as much of it as I did when I was, you know, single and, in college, but, but I do have time if I just take a look at all of the hours that are available to me. Um, but I think in addition to money, we should also be considering our time because it is a very valuable asset. So just a few final thoughts for you guys. In order to get where we wanna go, which is what Mike and Steve are gonna be talking about, we have to know where we're starting from. So that's the whole idea of looking at our personal balance sheet. Where, where am I right now financially? Am I in a good spot? Am I in a bad spot? If you haven't thought about it at all ever before, probably you're not where you wanna be, but it, you still have to take the step of 
getting that initial understanding. Taking the time to set up a budget and tracking your monthly expenses will impact what you're spending. I can tell you in seasons I have budgeted well, in seasons I haven't budgeted well, it has generally been way easier to pick up that extra thing, to buy that extra shirt online, to go do this other thing, because I wasn't, I didn't have to account for it later either to myself or to anybody who might be holding me accountable. And finally, don't be embarrassed to say you need help. I think, as I mentioned before, we don't like to talk about money, especially in church, we don't like to talk about money. We don't like to talk about money with our friends. We don't like to talk about money with our families. But you're not, it's not going to get any better. Your financial position is not going to get any better unless you put time into it. And if there are areas of your spending or areas of investing that you need help with, it's, you have to ask. Um, to give a quick example, I've got a friend who is, has a decent amount of credit card debt that she's trying to pay down. And she has bundled that credit card debt. Mike will probably talk a little bit more about that process in just a few minutes. But she's actually bundled it into another loan that she's paying off. But because she doesn't trust herself not to pull out the credit cards since she's paying those balances down, I have her credit cards at my house. I'm not going to say where. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, just reach out. You've got, you've got a community. You've got a community here. Um, and don't, don't let fear or anxiety or not knowing what to do keep you from taking good next steps. So what I have for you guys on the table are just a few, it's a, it's a worksheet, um, no numbers involved. I didn't want to ask anyone to print their bank information and come and be prepared to write down actual numbers and calculate your net worth in front of your neighbors who you may or may not know. But I think you could at least get an idea of what assets you have, even if it's not the dollar amount, even if it's just the thing. Oh, I have a checking account, I have a savings account, I own a house, I have a car. Um, same with liabilities, to start getting a picture of what your net worth is. Um, the, second, the second section, can I borrow one? Thanks. Um, the second section is thinking about your financial budget, what are your goals? For the next year, five years, 10 years, 30 years, what are those, are you wanting to save? Are you wanting to pay down debt? And if so, as you're starting to pull your budget together, you wanna make sure that your budget is reflective of those goals. And then finally, thinking about one area of spending that you are most concerned about. Not to, you know, I've already shared too much, maybe not, of our personal details, but that, but that personal, those personal expenses can get kind of tricky. And that's really the area that it seems like we have the most control over. And then finally, there's a section on the back for your time budget for you to think about how you're spending your time, where you're spending the most of your time, are there areas you could save time, and how could you more wisely invest your time. So we've got about 10, 15 minutes for you guys to um, fill this out, discuss if you would like, um, and if you need to, use the restroom, take a few minutes.